Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 123. I am your host Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me we have uh, a wind-up minion. Yep, that's <laughs> true. If you're tuning, do. if you're tuning in live at twitch.tv slash Phoenix Down Radio, um, one co-host is taking the the uh, the, the show off for mental health purposes. Uh, we wish Sarah the best tonight. He just wasn't feeling it, and with everything going on, frankly, I don't blame him. Um, and uh, the other host is currently not at home, but is able to join us from uh, a friend's house. So they are represented hey by a wind-up Furian minion. And Talus, welcome to the show. <laughs> Yay! I'm so happy since Furian was my main in Dissidia. <laughs> well, so I guess that's a thing. We'll... <laughs> I get yeah, Furion is my new the wind of Furion is the new Ian, I guess. That's fine. At least for tonight. Oh yeah, no, probably just tonight. But um how are you doing, Klaus? How's it been since the last show for you? Um for me, it's been just another day in paradise question mark. Uh um, I see. Well, you know how it, it's been crazy busy at, at work. Um, I'm actually working two jobs still. I'm staying on at the Are pizza you, place. I was going to say, did you actually stay at the pizza place? Because yep. they seemed rad. Yep, I, I'm doing two days a week there with the exception of my on-call weeks because, well, I can't, you know, work for another company when I'm on call for my main job. No, and that also wouldn't be fair to either either position. Just yep. be like, hey, I know that you, you put these breadsticks in my car, but they're not going to where they're supposed to be. Exactly. I'll see you tomorrow. Exactly. No, that's not going to work. So, yeah, and I go on call next week. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But um, other than that, like I said, I, I, it seems like Wednesday and every other Friday and then every other Saturday are the nights that I'm working with them, so... On the night oh, when, no. when we're bonus not, pocket money and free pizza sometimes. Okay, or at least half price when I work. So I'll I'll take a half price pizza and as an employee benefit. Their pizza is is freaking delicious. I know Nick Nar and Renari can attest to that, and so can Daltrea. Um, we had it at the um, the last uh, Extra Life that we did. We got their thirty inch monster pizza, and it was amazing. They're just really awesome. I also am like, the more you talk about it, the more I want to come visit, but also I'm not flying halfway across the country to have pizza. That seems ridiculous. Well, pizza is just a benefit question mark. I mean, <laughs> uh, this is also somebody that drove 152 miles one way for work for the last two weeks. Yeah. So like, I can't be like, oh yeah, it's too far. Like, no, my <laughs> I did 3000 miles in 10 days of employment. I'm pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, it would be, be about 4,000 miles round trip, I suppose. Okay, so here's the math. Here's the math. I went to work for two weeks. That's 75% of the distance of going back and forth for pizza. So you'd have to stay here for three weeks, I guess. In order to break even? Yeah. Hey, want to play 14 together? I, I got lots of internet, and I, 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 live, I live alone in this house. <laughs> Sweet, I'm bringing the PS4. I, Me and my Hyundai are on the way. All right, sounds good. We'll see you in about <laughs> uh, we'll see you in about twenty twenty three hours. 
Mm, I'm pretty sure that Hyundai is not going to make it through Montana, but you know, we'll get there. Hey, come on. At least it's not the middle of winter. I, I got a 1990 rear wheel drive Cougar through the mountains over uh, oh. Thanksgiving week. Uh, my Hyundai's engine light is currently flashing, so I need mm. to work on that first before uh. I go anywhere. It's fine. It's a coil pack. Anyway, fair enough. Uh, fair this enough. is Welcome to Car Talk uh, at Phoenix Down Radio. Um, yeah. You can uh, join us at twitch.tv slash car talk Phoenix Down Radio. <laughs> uh, or something like that. Um, but what I do want to talk about is Sarah is actually still doing things. I mean, he's still active, he's still alive, he's still out there. He's actually. Um, a part of episode zero of a newly launched uh, thing from our friends at a stage reborn called reads anon. Oh, he got that. That's awesome. I'm going to be posting a link here to their, uh, uh, their zeroth episode. Um, so Sarah is one of the readers and they they read uh, King Arthur's socks. Apparently. Um, and, but they are still looking for volunteers, so if you want to get some practice doing some voice work um, in an open and fun environment, you can sign up at uh, stagereborn.com. And you, it doesn't have to be just a single episode. If you're interested in more, they will allow you to come back after a few episodes, but they want to kind of get through, you know, the number of people, uh, you know, depending on how many people sign up, you know. You might be able to make it a, a regular thing every so often. But definitely well, check them out. It's a they're a nonprofit um, that's just out to uh, improve the uh, people's perception of the arts. Really cool. I'm super excited for for Sarah to be able to do that. Yep. So go check that out. And like I said, that just released today. Sweet. Go listen to the awesomeness. Um, and yeah, we will uh, we will see Sarah back at some point for yes. sure. We're letting him um, take whatever time he needs. Um, we, we had a nice discussion today, um, pre-show and, um, he, he was like, yeah, it was, we were, we were just concerned about him because with everything that's been going on, I mean, it's affecting so many aspects of people's lives and, and he's getting hit on multiple sides. So, um, for sure. Here's what you do, people. I, I urge you to go out to Twitter and look him up at FFXIVSEYRR. Send him some love, okay? Go out and send send him some love. Say that uh, that you're here for him, and uh, that uh, th that'll that'll hopefully brighten his day. It should absolutely. And also do that oh, God. For, for everybody else that you <laughs> love. So, uh, my friends have now decided that we're going to be watching the show on the TV. So if the if the <laughs> reverb gets atrocious, let me know. I will I will definitely uh, yell at you. Okay. Um, aside from that, you've had an interesting day. Yeah, so the last two days have been an absolute adventure, as uh, some of you are aware. Um, Talos loves cars, and I finally got a job actually working in the automotive industry, working in sales. I was there for two weeks. I did a bunch of training. I learned a ton of stuff. I have a whole bunch of industry knowledge that I'm not supposed to have outside of the industry, and I got fired this morning. So... Now I'm kind of sitting here going, cool, time to figure things out. Is this just because you hate Honda? Uh, no, that is definitely a factor that made this whole process a little bit easier on me. 
Mm. Uh, but I'm also kind of sitting here thinking, at least this time, I'm not six and a half thousand miles away from home mm. in the middle of winter in an uninsulated house. And, and kind of being scammed. Yeah, it was it was an atrocious mess. Yeah, this was a little bit better than that. But but yeah, still, it is what it is. It is what it is, but I made it happen. I'm remarkably stubborn, and yes, you it are worked out. <laughs> Yay! Wait, hooray for being stubborn! Um, hooray for being stubborn. So aside from that, uh, there hasn't been—I don't know—probably not a ton going on. I mean, yes, we know that everything else is still, you know, kind of going shitty in the world. Um, there's been a little bit of justice since the last episode. All four cops involved with the whole. Uh, um, George Floyd murder are in custody or, or or have been charged. I believe one is out on three quarters of a million dollars bail. Yeah, that was an interesting like the, the more every day I wake up and the news gets weirder or worse or better or different and I'm just like, all right, it's 7 a.m. Let's let's hit it. Let's see what's happening today. But it's like at least that he's still they're still all being charged. So I mean, hell yeah. Now, I'm just hoping that means we'll start to see some uh, um justice for Brianna Taylor for uh, and for everybody else that's been um uh Trayvon Martin, um I'm trying to think of all the names off the top of my head. I didn't write all this God, down. The, so. the, the the list the is way too long. The fact don't know all the names tells you that there's too many damn names. Yeah. Um, the fact that we're seeing uh, statues for pe- terrible people like Christopher Columbus being torn down. Um, we're, we're, somebody updated a uh, statue location. I think it was in London. They just like, threw it in the water and somebody updated it and dragged the pinpoint for where it's supposed to be. A, into uh, the middle I of believe the river. he was a, a, like a former slave owner and just all in all terrible person. Yep. From like the 1800s or something like that. Yeah, and then statue location currently in the middle of the Thames. I like it. But yeah, here Agreed. in Minnesota, they uh, um, tore down the this, the uh, um, Christopher Columbus uh, statue outside the Capitol. And it's getting, I, it's getting dark and it's getting weird. But it, you know what's getting weird when NASCAR bans the confederate flag okay so this divorce is stupid okay how did nascar end up on the good side of justice and jk rowling didn't <laughs> like how did that happen because she is saying terrible things about trans people exactly but it's like how how did the all right doesn't matter. It was a, it's an the, interesting thing that we get to stare at in history. This someday. is the world we live in. Things are changing. And I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, and we've we've needed change in our world for a very long time. It's just More. things happened that are forcing it to change to where it's supposed to hopefully be. Normal was dumb. We're changing it. Mhm. We, we need to change the status quo. We need to move on and get with the times. We need to get back to a time when everybody has the ability to do what they need to do. To that end, we've had a f- bit of additional news that 
saddens us, but I think it is time that we share. Oh yeah. Well, we're going to get to that here in just a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's it's in our first bit of Final Fantasy 14 news. Good. And um it it comes from um the letter from the producer, uh, I believe it's 58. I think that's what that reads. I'm I was never good at uh, Roman numerals. It's 63. 63, sorry. Thank you. Um now this is not was not a letter from the producer live where we got information on um, you know, like it wasn't a video on YouTube or something like that. This was just a, a blog post out on the uh, Square Enix forums. I'll copy and paste that for you. Um, so, bad news part one, probably the biggest blow to all of us. NA Fan Fest is no longer going to be in November. So it has been it canceled has been- for 2020. Yeah, it's been canceled for 2020. We don't have news yet as far as if we're getting it back for early 2021, how it will change, where it will fall in the schedule. But we do know that the hotel reservations and all the stuff that people were doing for November of this year, that's no longer going to be a thing. Yep. So make sure if, if you do have a hotel reservation, please make sure you are canceling them. Um, there, there should not be any type of uh, um, charge or cost on that. For those of you coming overseas who had, or, or if you had to book a flight, mm-hmm. contact mm-hmm. the customer support for those lo- uh, businesses. I'm sure that they will uh, um, work with you on, on getting your refund and taking care of all that when an event is canceled like that. So Your event cancellation was virus related. You're probably covered unless you were like me and you buy really cheap tickets. Mm-hmm. Then good luck. Yeah. Um, but they are still planning on... Uh, hosting the the Japanese and European fan fests, but keep your eye out on the news for that as well. The Japanese fan fest was scheduled for, I believe, December twentieth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the EU fan fest was scheduled for London in uh, February, I believe. We also like, we all know the schedule, right? Like, you go to fan fest, you hear about the new expansion. There's a t-shirt thing. You get a class over here. Then you get more expansion news at this one. Like we kind of know the schedule of how FanFest versus next expansion works. But because our FanFest is all shifted and development cycle is all shifted, uh, the expansion that we kind of have in the back of our heads for next July of 2021 may not be happening. That might not be a thing. Well, especially when you look at the fact that they announced that the 5.3 patch will be delayed by more than a month from its... Uh, uh, normal launch date of next Tuesday. It was supposed to be launching on June 16th. So we're looking at probably July 21st or later at this point. Limsa is going to be very empty for a while. Mm-hmm. Because well, people are just, they're piecing out for a little bit because it's like, I've got all my weapons. I've done all my crafting. I've triple start everything. What do? But uh, the Arrival Wings is popping right now. Oh, gosh. PvP is crazy because it's, everybody's like, well, I did all my Disciple of the Land, Disciples of Hand, all of my collectibles. I have top tier gear. I've decided that I'm raiding or not raiding. That's three hours a week of time. It's like, what else do I do? And it's like, well, why don't you do PvP? Well, and now all of a sudden we've got tons of PvP. The queues are short. You can go in and have a really good time. It's nice. Well, they're doing Rival Wings because they get five Moogle Tomes per run. And it's right now probably the most efficient way to, to build up Tomes. And considering we now have 
I mean, Moogle Tomes were going to go till the till 5.3, with yep. 5.3 being pushed back another month. Dude, if you need writing maps... Or mounts, <laughs> like, or minions, or, mounts, or, or music. Minions, or literally anything that is available. There's almost no excuse. If you hit your daily roulettes and a couple of rival wings, you'll have everything in, a, in three weeks. Easy. I, I have, I've been attempting to do everything... Um, about once a day, and I'm sitting at over 240 tomes, and I'm yeah. not I'm not pushing hard. And what what do you like? What's the actual theoretical? I want to buy one of everything on the menu. It's like 1,200 or something, 1,300. I'm not certain to be. Honest. I haven't added it it's up. It's low. I mean, I have almost everything. Um, the only thing yeah. that I'm saving up for is you know, there's the hundred uh, tome um, neck piece. There's the 50 tome earrings. Um. And then aside from that, I'm probably going to end up getting MGP cards or something and just blow those on uh, card packs. I don't know. Because, I mean, I have every mount on there. I have all the minions. I have all the music. What else Maybe do I Maybe hang on for a little bit, but not a long time. Well, the thing is, once the event is done, th those tomes are will no longer... Well, you'll still be able to turn the tomes in until the next uh, itinerant Moogle event comes out but those tomes will eventually become worthless well i know that like you can use the ones from last time for last time rewards... stuff but the rewards don't change but they i think they're phasing uh, that out point, too point, point. are they i think they phase those out right. after a while because i'm not sure that if you can still get uh turn in your items from the from the the first set of tomes i don't know i turn them in beforehand know. so i was gonna say i just burn them all up exactly if you guys have an idea let us know uh, or if you if you know for sure if you can if you still have like the tomes from way 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 back uh and you see if you can still turn those in for those items i would assume that just to reduce the amount of crap on the server they would they phase them out but anyway so that's going on right now um what they're saying is they're at about 90 percent efficiency uh in working from home they've gotten all their setups you know, taken care of, but the people who are most affected by this are the ones who are the ones who need to be effective, and that's quality assurance. They've been impacted the most because they've lacked uh, the most connection to the, the test servers and the newest builds to test for bugs and stuff. That's also probably part of why they're just delaying the uh, the patch, because like... It I've, takes longer to, to, to test properly. It takes longer to test, or... I worked at Nintendo when something came back that bricked consoles. It was not fun. I no. worked in consumer service and I worked in test and it was bricking consoles. And for respect and NDA, I can't say much more than that. But I will say some people don't have high speed internet. Some people don't have Wi-Fi in their house for safety or security or their military or whatever. And they had to literally mail us the brick that was their console, sans cords and everything else. We'd hook it up, we'd delete their entire save data, reinstall that piece of software with the patch, update their operating system, put it back in a box and mail it to them. Which is like, okay, that's, if you send something to me to ask me to do that for whatever reason, I'm going to have it backed in your hands in five or six days. It'll take me three hours to do. When you're doing thousands of them... And you have to make sure people get their console back. A couple it weeks takes easily. Ever. Yep. Nintendo's a family company. Hey, the kids' Wii is gone for the next 
month and a half? Absolutely not. It was awful. So no, take the time. Make sure it's right the first time. Yep. Because yep. you can't when it's busted. It's busted. Definitely. Also, there was some interesting news from uh, this week. Uh, apparently, there have been rumors circulating that uh, Yoshida was going to be the director of Final Fantasy 16. He has vehemently it's... denied this, and I think it's in, hilarious. In what free time? I mean, he he has stated, and I and I, I read this verbatim from him. I'm st I'm still going to continue being in charge of Final Fantasy 14 for more years to come. Please ignore anything that is not an official announcement. It's troublesome. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's a, a, a translation of what he said in, I believe, a uh, Dengeki or, or one of those uh, interviews. But So yeah, and, and Nick Nair, we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. You're getting ahead of yourself. Settle down. <laughs> so, Yoshi while Yoshida is in charge of Business uh, um, Division 3, which covers Final Fantasy... Uh, 14, Final Fantasy 11, um, I believe it covers a few other games as well. It's also covering a new AAA title that they are um, in the middle of working on, which is rumored to be Final Fantasy 16. I think that's maybe where the uh, the rumor started from, the fact that he is the, the main person in charge of that division. That's like, oh, it's going to be Yoshida because he's just amazing. Well, he is, but... He doesn't have time to work to run Division 3 plus, you know, another game plus Final Fantasy 14. Ain't nobody got I, time for that. No, and especially Yoshi P. Yeah. It, that being said, I'm still sitting here in my head remembering the Final Fantasy 13 Nova Crystallis all of that project that was supposed to happen and then watching what became of type zero and then watching what became of agito and it's like uh let let square enix handle their own announcements they'll get to it when they get to it it's okay they're working on it because mm -hmm. the more we start thinking and overthinking stuff they're going to start announcing and working on stuff to keep us sort of placated. And then they end up with a situation where they work on a game for seven years and it falls flat. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs that. Nope. Let them do what they need to do. They have plenty of games that they're working on still. So speaking we of trust games, you, Yoshi P. yes, we do. Speaking of games, they're still working on. I don't know why they're still working on it. Final Fantasy 11. It is now celebrating its 18th anniversary event until June 29th. Apparently, if uh, you talk to the, the quest givers in the city-states, you will get uh, an in-game Mandragora shirt. And you'll be able to take part in a special Mandragora Mania anniversary event where you can earn special currency called Jingly. Get all the Jingly shine, yes. And you can use that to buy special items. Uh, there's also a, a bunch All of other right. updates. Um, uh, Beat the Heat equipment booster campaign. Um, Chocobo digging skill increases. 
There's a June login campaign where you can earn points to get a Porogo fleece jacket. In-game item, not real. I mean, it would be kind of cool to have a Porogo uh, hoodie, wouldn't it? I'd be down. <laughs> I just, I... We we talked about Eleven a lot, and we kind of wax on it and be like, "Oh, it's so good! It was so much fun." You look at it, you're like, "No, it's not. This is a dumpster fire." But like, it doesn't matter. Like, we think we our memories is so good for Eleven, and I'm just so happy that it still exists. And the fact that you can go on and there's still people playing is testament to how good that game was. And, oh yeah, I forgot. There also there is also a, uh, a thing where if you want to actually get something physical, you can get a Windurston T-shirt for fifty five dollars. Yeah. Windurst, really? The Kingdom of Sandoria will leave you in the dust. Bastok. Nah. Again, eleven was great. <laughs> Bastok had Sid. Come on. Yeah, Sandoria had. Bunnies, I guess. I don't know. We didn't really have that much. I just got used to it. Anyway. It's a game. It's still going on. It's been getting updates for way too long. Uh, for 19 years. Nick, Nick Nar has been playing it way too much, I think. But uh, eh, if you enjoy if you enjoy the game and you're still having fun with it, you know what? Good on you. I mean, it's nothing but profit for SE right now. True enough. That is true. Tevnazia does have Prish. Prish is kind of the best. Prish is kind of a... Uh, uh, we're not going to get into that. We're, we're, we, we might be a little bit odd in, 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 in a lot of things, but we're not going to go there right now, okay? Okay. She's good in the card game. <laughs> you almost... Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Okay, so other news... <laughs> We have, other, the we have, other other news. We have lots of other other news. Square Enix is donating $250,000 to Black Lives Matter and other charities, and they're matching any employee donations. From their... That's... Uh, yeah, that's amazing. A, a lot of corporations are doing that, and I think that's good. Um... But according to their announcement, uh, everyone at Square Enix's office and studios across the globe stands with our black community in the fight against racism, prejudice, and hate. We're pledging $250,000 and we'll match employee donations to support Black Lives Matter organization and other charities in the efforts to help combat racial injustice and positively affect change in the world. Black Lives Matter. Hell yes. We picked a good company to stand. <laughs> yes. Um, and and it, the uh, community has also uh, stepped up as well. There are a couple of... Uh, fundraisers that I want to highlight that I, I found um, while searching through like Reddit and other community or uh, places. Give me a second here. Um, this is a uh, fundraiser to support the ACLU put together by um, by the FFXIV community. And then this one here trying to copy paste these in this in these notes is not the greatest unfortunately. Uh, this one is 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 uh, put together again by uh, FF Final Fantasy fourteen players to support the Black Lives Matter organization. So we do urge you to uh, donate or help out wherever you can, because you know not everybody can physically be be there to uh, protest or to uh, um to 
volunteer or help out, but you might be able to um, donate some money or something like that. Or even if you can just share it with, with other people, the more that they can raise, the the more awareness that will uh, go out there. And I think it's just better all all around. It's, you know, not all of us, not all of us can go frontline. Some of us don't have the physical or logistical ability to do that. Not all of us can donate money. Not all of us have the spare funds. But sharing it, letting people know that it's out there, always helpful. Like I said, we don't have a huge voice in the community, but um, we're going to use it to try and spread a little bit of uh, help and assistance. So, Sorry, we're Final Fantasy players. I don't care how small we are. We used two five-year-olds and a ninja that we found homeless on the side of the road to fight God once. Like, we're fine. We can just go. Like, we can be small and do a lot. You're not wrong, but yes. We're doing what we can. So okay, we will come back to that at the end of the show, because I want to touch base on that one more time before okay. we go. So remind Sounds me good. of that. Yep. Um, so now we're going to jump off of a little... Well, it's, it's Square Enix adjacent news. It was probably the biggest bit of gaming news this week. There was a Future of Gaming show hosted by Sony and PlayStation. Um, did you get a chance to see any of this, Talas? I, I, I did. And it was awesome. Okay, I, I'm incredibly excited. I linked the, uh, um, the actual, the full show. So it's a 75 minute presentation. Um, Within which they showed off a whole bunch of games that are slated to be released for the PS5 in the, within the next year or so. Or within a I, year of launch. I can't believe that we're on PlayStation 5. But uh, what do you think of the design? There have I'm been, fine with it. There have been so many memes going on about it. Um, well, we've, we've seen what the... Uh, the Xbox Series X looks like. It looks like a um, a mini fridge, basically. And now, but, like we, we like Nick Nar said in the chat, we've got the the, the PlayStation uh, Wi-Fi router. We do. Uh, I actually one of the best memes that I saw of it. Somebody taped a picture of Seto Kaiba's head to the top of it. Um, I've seen that because it looks like his jacket. That one was pretty good. Honestly, I. PlayStation has always had a very oddball design. You had the pop-up circle thing for your disc with two very large power buttons, and mm. then we had whatever the hell the PS2 was supposed to look like. But then it stood up, which was cool, kind of, except that not all discs worked, so you had to lay it down anyway. PS3s had three redesigns. PS4s had four redesigns. So, like, look, mm. whatever shows up, if you don't like it, just wait a year and a half and buy the next version of it. It's P fine. PS4 has basically been the same since launch. Had two different designs, and my roommate had another one. I thought there was a fourth one. Well, there's been the the PlayStation Four, and then the PlayStation Four Pro. And there's been the slim line, and there's been. Is there a slim version? I suppose yeah. When they redid the the Pro, they they yep. did knocked it down a little bit. But I mean, it's still based off the same design. It's it's still aesthetically. No. It's it. it they, they, if you put the the side by side, they're very similar. Are they not? No, not even close. Hmm. Okay. Not even close. No, I had a. Uh... I had a slimline, and my roommate was actually like, hey, where's your PS4? And I was like, oh, it's there. He didn't recognize it because it was almost half the size of his. Okay, well, 
as they can, uh, you know, shrink down the, uh, the, the, the boards and, and the process, they, they yep. make them smaller, so. I, well, I, I've also... I have a, uh, a launch version, so. Oh, uh, okay. I have the Slimline one. I only bought mine a year ago. I had mine pre-ordered, which I'm probably going to end up doing for the PS5 as well, provided oh, it's not $600. We don't know the price yet. I, I'll buy it if it's up to about 500 500 is the max that I will spend on it. Well, okay, here's the problem. Are you going to spend $500 on a console that comes with one controller and then go home and do what? Watch Netflix on it? Like, we're going to spend $500 on a console and then we're going to spend 150 bucks on crap that goes with it. So we're still spending $600 by the time we're done. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, that's basically what I do with my console right now as I, as I watch Netflix or Amazon or whatever on it. Actually, no, I will uh, that's what I did. A, I don't know. My PS3 is is basically been turned into my downstairs uh, media center. Yeah, it's a media box. I mean, that, my PS3 was a media box when it was an active console, so mm -hmm. that was a problem. But uh, I mean, I still have it. I I, I think the reason I use it so much as that is because they had an amazing remote for it. The PS4 never got an official remote. But they're bringing it back with the PS5. Yeah. I, I'm excited for it. I'm not excited for the price tag. I'm excited to use it. It's also been a while since we've had a PlayStation update. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's... Overall, there's pros and cons, but the positives are definitely outweighing the negatives for me. Yeah. Well, the, the the biggest thing about it is I probably won't end up getting to use it as a, a media center anymore because, well, you have to disable uh, um, the, 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 the copyright protections in order to use it for streaming, which basically blocks your uh, um, Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon, yep. all of that. Yep. So that's the other reason why I use my PS3 as, as the media center, because my PS4 is used for streaming when I play my things P like My PS3 Final is a Blu-ray player. Yeah, can't, you can't even use it for movies if you've got, if you turn off the uh, the um, DA what do they call it uh, DA whatever they call it. Yeah, D I don't know. There's I'm bad at acronyms anyway. The, the copyright protection. Yep. Anyway, so with that, like I said, I'm excited for it. What I'm really excited about is some of the games that have been announced. Um, you've got uh, a new Horizon game from Guerrilla. They, they, like a follow-up to Zero Dawn. Well, it, it's called uh, Forbidden West. Okay. Horizon Forbidden West. Not Horizon 1 Noon or... <laughs> or anything like that. Um, they announced... Horizon 1X. Yeah. Digi all digital edition. Oh, God. Uh, Resident Evil 8. Uh, are you an RE fan? Because I was no, not. No, I, okay. I, I'm not a big horror person, but I know there are a lot of people who are. And I'm sure they're very excited um, that, that they announced that uh, Chris Redfield is back in the game. That's... Alright. Um, A Demon's Souls remake. I'm okay with that. A new game featuring Sackboy. What gear is it? Odd World? I haven't seen Sackboy. 
When the hell was the last Oddworld? Was that Abe's Exodus? Was that the last game? I don't know. I never bad. got. <laughs> I never got into the Oddworld series because I just it, I I never had an original PlayStation. Ah. Uh, and I think for for a while didn't they go over to like Xbox or something like that? It's well, I mean, the original one was so long ago that it's definitely switched hardware. I do not remember what it's been on at this point. But you no, know, a lot of stuff. And um, the other bits, there is a Square Enix game that has been that they showed off that does not. It has a working title right now. It's called Project Athia or Athia. This is the thing that they announced that everybody was like, oh, Yoshi P is working on this. And it's like, no, Yoshi P's busy. I don't know if it's this. But it's, it, this is actually Luminous uh, Studio, Luminous Productions is working on this. Okay. I don't know if that's under Business, um, um, business di uh, Division 3. Because Luminous, that, that was Tabata's um, studio. But then when he left, um, Square Enix, um, it, it's, it's, uh, just a, a sub-studio. Ah, uh, okay. But, well, uh, I linked the trailer for it in the chat. It looks beautiful, what they're showing so far. Um, it's a story-led, action-packed adventure designed to create a completely new and fresh gaming experience that fuses together the latest technologies with art. That's kind of what Luminous Productions was all about, was trying to make, you know, beautiful games that, that have wonderful stories and, you know, so it make them like art pieces. So. Concer My only concern is that I'm going to get into a weird, stupid tangent definition of art. Never mind. I have to move on or we're never getting anything done. <laughs> hey, you got something to say on it, please. So art is defined as it being useful only insofar as observation, wherein that it is only useful as art. So when things say this automobile is art, it's like, well, then your car sucks because it's supposed to be functional before it is artistic. I if don't... it is art, it needs to be art in a very classical 1600s old ass definition that isn't relevant anymore. Yeah. So like... When we're talking about art, I have it's the distinction between saying it's art or artistic. Like if it's art, it needs to be art. If it's artistic, then it's like cool. Then it can be inspired and it can have a lot of good things that happen, but it also still has to do whatever it's supposed to do. Cool your jets, Captain Pedantry. We, we, we don't have to go there. <laughs> that's where I'm at, though. That's why I told you I was gonna go tangential. No, and it was no, gonna no. be stupid. I know, I know but like I said, it, they're 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 using a more modern version of uh, or definition of art something that has aesthetic beauty and it is pleasing to look at or 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 to it to enjoy fair enough that's my take on it uh, you know i'm but i'm not you know sitting back in the 1600s letting them eat cake okay that was actually 1700s, I guess, but that was eh. it doesn't matter <laughs> again with, 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 with being pedantic. We're not getting anything done. <laughs> and when has that stopped us? True. I mean, Hey, we, we got through, it took us 40 minutes to get through the news. That's, that's good. We're doing all I right. Think. We're, 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 we're surviving. 
We're doing fine. Now, what are your thoughts on everything you saw? Insofar as PS5 yes. and Project Athea? I'm in general, of, of what we saw from that, uh, that, that show. It was exciting to watch something new. Mm-hmm. It was like as a fan and as a gamer and as somebody that has definitely pledged my allegiance to Sony, like, yes, of course I'm excited. So having to remove myself from that and look at it objectively, I think, okay, I really liked the presentation. I like the hardware. I like what it looks like it can do. I like the choices that they're making for some of their launch titles. I love that we're seeing stuff that none of us were really expecting. New Horizon game, Oddworld, Sackboy. These are all things that we like we didn't think about, but then seeing it in writing, seeing it in on a screen, we go, oh, I have good positive emotional reaction to that happening. We see Project Athea and we go, cool, we know what Greenest does. Mm-hmm. We know what Luminous Productions does. And so we're thinking, okay, cool, this is an exciting thing. And if E3 was happening or it was near PAX or whatever, we'd be like, oh, cool, it's another video game announcement. And it would throw, we'd throw it on top of the pile with everything else. But because we're not seeing anything right now, because we're getting live letters sometimes, because we're not getting all of the newsletters and all of the patch updates and all of the announcements, we're not doing E3 this year. And how many of us have been chilling in our house for the last two and a half months? We got to see an hour plus of here's a bunch of new shiny stuff that we are still working on and that we are still moving forward in development of entertainment, of media, of interactive media, of hardware, of connectivity. So seeing it not just as a fan, I get to see a cool thing, but also seeing it as a person that's been staring at a wall eating ramen for three weeks, I go, oh, the world is still moving forward. And it's moving forward so hard that we're getting a completely new PlayStation out of, a, out of Sony. I loved watching it because it wasn't just a new piece of hardware. It was also everybody focused on something else, something future. Something positive. For the first, something future. For the first time in how yeah. long? Yeah, there's something to look forward to now versus, okay, what's tomorrow going to bring? Well, let's wait until then. What's tomorrow going to bring? Let's. Uh, it's been a lot of monotony, a lot of the same. And honestly, even before this, you know, the lockdown, the news about uh, PS5 was pretty slim. Yeah. There, there wasn't a lot of it. They were, they were keeping a lot of it close to the hip, and I don't blame them for that. But they uh, got to be careful right now because the mark, I mean, the way marketing has always worked, we kind of, we have our schedules, we have our structure, we know when emails go out, we schedule our Instagram posts, we know how that works for marketing. We don't know how that works anymore. None of those numbers matter. None of that data science matters. None of those business predictions have mattered. We're on the wall. So it's like, well, let's just keep all of our stuff and we'll see what we need when we need it. And they've kept all of it close to their chest and they've, and then they're like, hey, now it's time to show you the PS5. And I just all the stuff for it. Yeah, I I do hope that very soon though we get the price and the release date and pre-orders. Holiday. Well, I mean that's all we know. Holiday could be 
October, November, December. Yeah. And we're it's looking at fourth quarter. A fourth quarter release. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. we don't what we don't know is it gonna be close to Black Friday? Is it gonna be before Black Friday? After Black Friday? Um Please be before Black Friday. I don't wanna have to fight somebody at a Best Buy. Well, like I said, I mean I'm going to pre-order one because you know for 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 goddamn fact there is not going to be a, a special price on it for Black Friday. <laughs> not in 2020, at least. Um. So with that, like I said, I, I'm I'm gonna get my pre-order in more than likely. Like I said, if it's if it's over 500 bucks, I'm gonna be really really questioning in it. But uh, wait six months, see if it drops fifty dollars. Well, like I said, and I'm also want to know what we actually get for release day titles or release window titles. Um. Because we, we, we saw a bunch of games, and we saw a new Spider-Man game with Miles Morales. I mean, is that going to be a, a launch window game? I mean, because if, if I get a Need for Speed game at launch, I'd do it. Let's see, if Codemasters what? pops out a dirt game at launch, I'm, I'm in instantly. Let's see. Let's take a look at what games were, were uh, announced then. Yeah, they, they, they announced... This is a funny one. Grand Theft Auto V is going to be on the PS5. Yeah, um, that game is still going and mm -hmm. is massive. Mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Gran Turismo 7. They, 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 they announced. Uh, again, no dates on some of these, but uh, Ratchet and Clank, the Project Athea, Stray. Oh, that, that looked odd. Uh, you basically play a cat in a, ro in a world of robots. Oh, God. Okay, when are we getting Persona 6? That's the other thing I want to see. That wasn't announced. A new Damn Hitman it. game was, which just was. That's not an S. Is that it? Is that still SC or did they they split off? No, that's uh, Montreal. I don't. the Montreal Studios. Is that? Yeah. It? Well, I, I thought Hitman split off from SC. I think they did. I thought it was Idos Montreal. Well, I, know, I don't you, remember. It, 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 it used 10, to be, years. but um... yeah. Who <laughs> owns Hitman? <laughs> Um, I will say, while I have zero interest in playing the actual game, seeing what they're doing with the technology in NBA 2K21, oh my god, that looked amazing. Just the... It was introduced I, I, by the player from the, from the, uh, the Pelicans, and it featured him, and it looked just like him. That, yeah, I... I missed. I think I missed that one. I haven't. That doesn't sound familiar to me. But I need to check that because that sounds rad. Yep. And then Horizon Forbidden West. And then the fact that there's going to be two versions of the PlayStation Five. There's going to be the version that ha features a 4K Ultra HD uh, Blu-ray player, and there's going to be the all digital version. So the sad version. <laughs> Make you know with, with the uh, the Xbox One S all digital, the Xbox One sad. Yeah, so we, we get I'm, I'm going to sit over here in the monster corner where I'm like, oh, good. All I ever got was digital content anyway. You know, I, <laughs> so like, I, I'm I don't know if they're going. I'm sure that that the one with the drive is going to be a little bit more expensive. I'm hoping not a hundred dollars more expensive. But if um, it's if it's a hundred dollars difference, I'm just going to get the one with the disc. Because, I mean, I, I still like actually physically owning games. 
I don't give a shit about physically owning games, what? but I use it as a Blu-ray player. That too, but, uh, and, and that's gonna be a 4K Blu-ray player will be nice. Even though I don't, I don't yet have a 4K TV. Yeah, I don't have a 4K monitor, but, like, who knows? I mean, like I said, if it's $100 difference, it's worth it. Because every once in a while, it's like, I want to play this game, it's two years old, and it's $60 on the PlayStation Store, and it's 10 bucks in a bin at yeah, GameStop. I'm exactly. like, well, I'm going to go buy it for 10 bucks. I just saved $50. I do that twice. Suddenly, I've paid that difference for the console. Yeah, and, and that is going to be a thing, because digital games rarely go on uh, on sale, except for if it's a very lim time-limited thing. Then they go right back up to regular price. My favorite is like the Atelier games that are still like $60 for like three games. And I'm like, why? These we, games are flash pan and 25 hours and they're designed for a super niche market. You sell them once and people keep them because the covers have cute anime girls on them. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need this is not worth $60 seven years into its life. It's just not. It's worth $9.99 at the Walmart bargain bin. And then you get you get a physical copy of, of, of said cute anime girl on the cover. And then you buy the second game for 10 bucks, And then you want the third game that came out three years ago. And that's $50. And you go, cool, I spent $70 on three games, not $180 on three games. Or you, buy the, the th you buy the three pack for $39.99. And you call that's, it good. That, that might be the, uh, the Amazon secret. That's definitely what I did oh. <laughs> <laughs> for the Atelier series. I was like, I'm not buying these for two hundred dollars. That's dumb. Yeah, because we need to save that up so we can get a a a, a, a Hardy Daytona um, figurine when we buy Final Fantasy VII remake. Wait, I no, just need hold a on. That's three hundred thirty dollars. Well, I always buy two controllers, so. I, you know, I have one, and it hasn't really come up except for the time that two of my friends came over. We brought their copy of um, Diablo 3, and then they had two controllers, and then I had one controller, and we just multiplayered on the 70-inch TV in the living room. I've actually had to switch between controllers because I had that long of a gaming session. I sit directly in front of mine, so I am just plug it in every once in a while if gotcha. I need to. Well, my charger's on my desk, so it is what it is. Anyway, I yeah. think now we've spent enough time talking about this. But we, would, we would like <laughs> to hear your guys' opinion on, on the, uh, the, the PlayStation 5 Wi-Fi router. Um, I mean, the, the, the anime character. I mean, uh, General Grievous. Did you see that one? Oh, yes. <laughs> the Xbox was uh, um, Obi-Wan. and it was uh, General Kenobi, yeah. yes. And the 5 was uh, Grievous with the, the 4... It was hilarious. Four savers. So many memes. All the memes. I love, it when, I, I love it when people are just like, hey, here's a super expensive new thing that we spent millions on for this advertising campaign. We're like, meme it up. Right. Instantly memed. <laughs> that and, and, and the design of the controllers were, always, were also memed and looted. Yeah, controller-san was not... I mean, at least our minds aren't homeless. They firmly have a house in the gutter. Yeah, it was we saw that and it was all like, "Nani the fuck?" So, I'm so glad that that's on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so glad that's on the like I said, let us know what your thoughts are on the PlayStation 5 reveal. Uh, email us podcast at phoenixstormradio.com. Hit us up on Twitter at PHXDN Radio. Or see, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash phoenixdownradio. So, with that, let's go ahead and get back into our uh, part three of our Music of Final Fantasy series. Um, it's kind of funny that part three is Final Fantasy 2. Because we had the the intro at first, but or should we call the first one Type Zero? Oh God! I was like, you, you gave it to yourself. You set up that low hanging fruit. I'm I shocked you weren't taking it. Well, there it is. So our, um, our, yeah. our our newest foray into um, the music soundtracks of of Final Fantasy games. We are going to talk about Final Fantasy two, and thankfully somebody in this podcast has played the game. Gratefully, somebody decided he was crazy enough when he was like eight years old and ROMing was still a thing that we all did in 1992. Um, I played Final Fantasy 2. I think I was about seven, eight years old. I was playing a translated ROM. Nothing worked. I had no idea what was going on. Grammar was atrocious. A lot of it was still in Japanese. I ended up just finding an actual Japanese cartridge and just played that because it was actually easier than the translation. Mm -hmm. But at the end of Final Fantasy 1, your level, I think I was level 28 of 50 or something. I had like a fighter, two red mages, and a white mage. I just crushed everything. Like you just annihilate everything in that game. And then you get to FF2 and you have to name your characters. You don't get to pick their jobs. One dude's buff. One dude looks like he's covered in armor one guy has a bandana i guess there's a girl now that's cool and you just get absolutely murdered and then you wake up yeah in a fight you start in combat you get murdered and then one person wakes up and i'm like i've been playing for three minutes what is going on and when you can't read in japanese and you're eight years old and the last time you played a final fantasy game you killed a dragon by accident it was a very jarring experience. So playing through two was a moment where you got to kind of live with Firion and his party where the emperor is destroying everything. You don't know what's going on. You're finding out this story in a unique way that square Enix told. And it ended up being one of my favorite titles, but boy was the NES version hard. (laughs) See, I do actually have the uh, the Origins version for PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I think I played about twenty minutes of it because I got to the point where you were talking. About, I was like, "What the shit is happening here?" And yeah, you're just getting destroyed. That thing- being said, once you're past it, it does make more sense. And once the once you've done combat a few times and you get a couple of extra tutorials, it does make more sense. But that game does not do conveyance well because conveyance wasn't a thing when it was made. Well, the fact that you have to level up your skills is is kind of crazy. I mean, if you want to get good with the sword, you have to hit people with the sword. If you want to get good at dodging, you have to get hit or dodge. Same with blocking and parrying and all that type of stuff. I mean, everything you use, it's it's like the it's basically the precursor to what they have in Final Fantasy XI. So. 
I actually, when I'm trying to explain it to people that have never played 2 before, I actually hearken it into Pokemon. Um, so if you're playing Pokemon, and you're not just playing like a Nuzlocke run or whatever, you're actually like getting into the stats and the gritty part of it. If you fight nothing but really fast other Pokemon, your Pokemon gets uh, a hidden value that allows it to be faster. And so when you do a bunch of those fights against fast stuff, your Pokemon gets faster. When you do a bunch of stuff, when you fight things that are really defensive, you start learning those skills, and then your defense stat gets higher. And as you're fighting different types of Pokemon, it levels those six stats directly related to what you're fighting. In FF2, it's the same thing. I want to be good with an axe. Here's an axe. Hit people with it. Now you're good with an axe. And then you get so good with it that you get additional attacks and a higher crit chance. Now if you switch weapons, while the weapon might have better stats, you don't know how to use it. So you really get to build a character, kind of like we were talking with FF1, which is just a very thinly veiled D&D campaign. You get to build your character, and if you build your character a certain way that you realize doesn't work, you might have to put a lot of effort in to get your magic stat high enough that casting fire does something. You might have to take off all your armor and your shield and get the crap beat out of you for a while to get that evasion and get that HP built up. And then also increase your uh, your healing magic. It, yeah, it was it was a really tricky way to play. And eventually, obviously, they only used it for two and they scrapped it moving forward. Until um, 11, also, that is. <laughs> well, yeah, but like three was job based. So they like completely scrapped it and moved forward. Uh, until we got to 11, where we did get something that was a bit more easily traceable and trackable. In 2, because of memory limitation, we just didn't know. You just get beat up on a whole bunch, and they'd be like, you've got more HP now. And you're like, cool, thanks. I have still 2 HP, and I'm almost dead, and I'm out of money. It's like, hey, you're better with a sword. I, I better be. I killed 19 bees outside this town. Like, I should be good with a sword by now. And it, But you didn't really have a way to track it. 11 was a lot easier to track. Like, think, hey, you're better at skill chains. Hey, you're better with swords. Hey, you're better with whatever. I think that they changed that with the, the remade version for Origins and then on the uh, um, DS and uh, the mobile versions. I think they it's they more transparent now. They they still left the, like, the weapon skills uh, and the magic skills. Like, you use fire a lot, your fire spell gets better. Use a sword a lot, your sword gets better. But they also took out things like you need to get beat up to get HP. You need to dodge a lot to get your dodge stat. They're just like, no. Experience and levels, because this is so difficult. And making that system make sense in a modern atmosphere was such a challenge. They were like, nah, let's just twist it up so that you can still play through it, get the story, and get the experience of fighting back against the Empire. Get the experience of playing... Star Wars the Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah, you're not wrong on that, I guess. It, it very much is. It's actually like, we're talking dark armor and the whole nuts, it's great. So let's, let's start in on this adventure. I'm sure you guys recognize this. I have no idea what the song is. <laughs> this is the prelude! Come on! Everybody Man, knows this. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's ever so slightly updated. Yep, just a little bit. Uh, this plays in houses with healing. Or houses, mm -hmm. houses with healing statues and on the main screen. 
it was a way for you to know that you that when you sh jump in, they go, "Hey, this is the game you're playing." Do you remember this song? Do you remember your final credits? Do you remember when you started FF1? And it's like, yeah, awesome. I know this song. I know where we're at. So you, so you knew it was a Final Fantasy game you were jumping into, but you didn't recognize it after that. No, you showed up <laughs> and you're like, you got the ship guy, out of you. And Maria, Firion, Leon. This dude's got a helmet. This dude looks dumb. That's a girl. Okay, let's see what's happening. Oh, shit. There's guys on horseback. Oh, shit. I'm dead. I'm in a room. There's a bald guy. What is going on? You're fighting. You gotta love the battle theme. This is the very good battle theme. Yes. You might even recognize this. They, they have this in, in 14 in a few spots. Yep. Uh, the first time I heard it was the... The, uh, the zombie fate? No, it was actually the... The MSQ story where you're fighting the... Gosh, what was it? You're fighting in town against a group of ga a gang that was like trying to steal money from somebody. It was some MSQ. Oh, was it one of thing. the city related ones? Yeah, okay. it was one of the city related. It was the walk around the city showing off that we can use our environment for more than one thing. It was oh, see, one of those. See, for me, I remember it from the uh, the, the the gentleman zombies in. Uh, Southern Thanalan. <laughs> uh, it also plays for the ARRB ranks. Oh, it does? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I never got into hunting, so... But uh, according to uh, the description from Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy, this is the standard battle music in Final Fantasy 2. Listen for that familiar intro and your nerves will tingle with nervousness as the exotic melody builds up around you. It's also used as the main battle theme for some of the minor for some minor boss battles, like the Sergeant, Adamantois, and the Emperor. First couple times you fight the Emperor, yep. yep. Also, Rory just pointed out that the thing that I couldn't get to come into my brain was that it was part of a monk quest The monk line. quest, okay. That's okay. where I was at. But yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to know, okay, so that's where that one came from. Interesting. So for those Especially you... for, for people that didn't play other FF games that came in on 14. Yep, exactly. I mean, there, there are a lot of people who... They maybe played a little. They know what Final Fantasy One is. They've played Final Fantasy Seven. They maybe played Final Fantasy Nine, and they jumped into. Or a lot of people jumped into Final Fantasy Fourteen as their first Final Fantasy. Like we know, two podcasters that that's what they did. So. Yep. But uh, yeah, knowing the history of some of these music, that's why we're doing this. So hopefully you guys are still enjoying this. The next song on the list. It's called Revival. This plays during the scene where the player first meets Minwoo. Now, Minwoo is a very strong white mage in in, uh, in Final Fantasy II. Is that not correct? He is a healer that has a scimitar. Oh, interesting. I knew he was a he he healing type. The only reason I knew that was from uh, um, Record Keeper. He's a healer. He has one offensive spell, as most healers do. They have, like, you know, arrow or stone or something. Just something that's not completely worthless. Uh, he uses a scimitar. He has long robes. Um, he's kind of your your guidepost. He's that, like, 
when you're playing a JRPG, there's always somebody that joins you temporarily that's way higher level than you mm-hmm. to get you through a couple of sections. Because it's more interesting to have you do it and also have somebody be like, oh, that's how strong I can get once I get stronger. And then they leave your party once you're strong enough to move on on your own. That's more interesting than just starting you at level five. So he's that character for FF2. Yeah, it seems like every game seems to have one. Well, well it's three a, doesn't, but, uh, well, actually... No, it, well, kind of. There, it's a good way to do it, though. It it lets the player experience the process as opposed to just giving the player a description of the process. And it doesn't force them to, to grind up right away. No, and, like, in four, you have party members swapping out in and out all the time. Yep. So having your levels balanced really didn't mean anything. I will finish that eventually. (laughs) (laughs) I I still don't... I'm about two-thirds of the way through? Or something? I haven't been four in ages. We'll have to get back to that sometime, but I think I just got bored of it. Because I was trying to grind up levels. You either know how the system works, and then you beat the game at, like, level 25, or you just don't understand the combat system and yeah you'll have to be like level 60 to just muscle through everything depends on how you want to play but it's four so it doesn't matter you just do it either way and you still get to experience it i i I sometimes like the 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 effort of grinding because it gives you a chance to play with different spells different abilities different build outs um and just or just try and optimize things so Anyway, that's a, that's a sidetrack. We'll 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 continue on here. Yep. The next song. Oh my God, you're alive! Yes. <laughs> this is called Reunion and plays when Furion unites with Maria and Guy. We start we start the game up with and you get your everything beaten up on you. We'll play a little bit more here. Yeah. So for those who haven't played 2 and they're mad at me because I'm giving out all of these horrible spoilers, this is literally the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. So, also, you're not the, surprised. The, the, the game is over. Is 30 years old. Get over it. There is that. I have about a 10-year rule for like media spoilers. Like Clearly you don't care. You would have done it by now, so spoilers out. Yeah. And then this is another huge uh, uh, centerpiece song for the game. Which, it's part of the reunion, but it's the full version of it. This is the Rebel Army theme. Uh, this oh is yes, used... this is when you're in the uh, the the Wild Rose base, yeah. Yep, this is used as the background theme for the base of the Wild Rose Rebellion of Altair. It is the counterpart to the Imperial Army song, where the theme itself is. Uh, this theme is the motif of the protagonist's party. Awesome song. And every time you see Firion show up in things like Theater Rhythm, uh, like Dissidia NT or whatever, you'll hear chord progressions out of this track in regards to him. Yep. Uh, Also, his weapons and stuff in Dissidia, a lot of them are Rose-related or Rose-themed. And he'll use... Wild Rose is the first key phrase that you learn in that game, so that's why it gets referenced a lot. I think his final weapon in Dissidia is called the Wild Rose. I'm trying to think of what it is in uh, um, Opera Omnia. 
I don't remember. I know that, like, well, like, Kefka's in Dissidia. His final dagger was called the Dancing Mad. So they kind of decided to keep that themeology where they're like, hey, we're going to name everybody's final weapons. Oh, yes. Sorry. They wanted to keep everybody's <laughs> final weapons named after kind of their title tracks. Sorry, I had or to Or something do that specifically one. related to them. Kefka. No, I'm glad we have that laugh track. It's a good one. <laughs> Kefka had to say something there. First character that got to say anything, so... Alright, so after the Rebel Army theme, we also have... A slightly different sounding, but still reminiscent of the original town theme. It feels like if town theme... If town theme was the rough draft, this is like edit one or edit two. It's it's a little bit more sad, a little more mellow from from the original. But, but you, also, when you're looking at the the first couple of handful of towns, you go first handful of towns from a gamer standpoint. You go to the item shop, you go to the weapon shop. They have like one or two things, and that's it. And you're like, ugh, all right. Like, it makes sense because you don't need everything yet. But in the theme of two, when you go there, they're like, oh, everything is bad. We're fighting back. You open the item shop and it's just piles of weapons and armor. And you're like, oh, I can't afford all this. Why is this all here? Because in two, everyone is down and everyone is downtrodden, but they're not willing to give up yet. And so this song is kind of that, like, Things aren't going bad, but they're not going good either. Town is a very neutral, chill spot. And it's a nice song to just kind of sit back and chill with. In town, you don't get in battles. Your step counter still counts, but whatever, that's a speedrunning thing anyway. But you can just literally set your controller down <laughs> and take a break. And not feel that anxiety of, my characters are standing in the woods. Like, no, you're in town. You're okay. Everything's going to be just fine. But when you step out... This is a very different sounding main theme. Compared this to Final the, Fantasy 1. Yeah, this is the world map theme. This is a very melancholy sounding version, uh, overworld theme. I mean, if you, if you think back to what Final Fantasy 1's overworld theme is, and compare it to this, it's very... It, it, because of the type of world you're fighting in right now, you're, you're fighting against the, the Empire. If you've ever bought um, disc versions of the Final Fantasy soundtrack, there was an old set of soundtracks called the N Generation and S Generation, and each one was based on the Nintendo and Sony iterations of a couple of the games. Welcome to the chats there. Um, so this particular one, they actually had a version on that disc that had the lyrics to this song. They made lyrics? Being sung. There are lyrics to this song. This is the main theme to the game. So obviously <laughs> now we've, we discovered by listening back to the episode from two weeks ago that Sarah and I singing along was awful because lag exists. Um, so we're not doing that anymore. 
Uh, Thank you. But reading off the lyrics, now here I stand, oh, in the morning sunshine, dreaming only of the promised land. Somewhere they say beyond the great horizon lies a beautiful island. That's the first bit of the song. It gets it gets even more in-depth, crazier later. We are so young, we've got some magic powers, we are nourishing like flowers. Oh, let us wait until the day comes when we will all sail across the deeper blue sea. Hey guys, we're fighting an empire? Like, <laughs> why is our world map so dense? <laughs> There's so much going on in one track. Well, damn. Roaming Sheep is also a very, very good song. Nick Nar. But it's not this song. The background music for Castle Pandemonium. Which is the capital of hell. It was initially ruled by Satan until his defeat by the Emperor. And afterwards risen to the surface upon his return to the mortal world as the Hell Emperor. <laughs> now what the hell world are you living in? Uh, yeah. Um. This was not a fun dungeon. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, even with good weapons, even with good gear, even knowing how your party composition worked, you would just... People would just die. Period was just, like, dead, like, half of my run. One time, I just could not keep anybody alive. Castle Pandemonium is amazing. And really, really hard. <laughs> and having that music haunting you the whole time was not helpful. Oh, you, you don't want to hear this music? No, I'm good. We can move on. <laughs> we can move on. All right, you, if you really want to move on. Yeah. Right, this is so much... This, this is, is so a lot better. better, isn't it? So much better. The Imperial Army. This plays in several Empire-related locations, such as the Dreadnought, Bafsk Sewers, and Castle Palamecia which was there until Castle Pandemonium took over. Correct. But yeah, I remember the Dreadnought. That that was, I think, the... Like, I know it shows up in other places, but, like, I remember this. I associate this with the Dreadnought. But yeah, this is the counterpoint to the Rebel Army. So this is, this is kind of like the Imperial March for Final Fantasy. And given that 2 was effectively Star Wars, yeah. So you can kind of hear the... the, 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 the you, you get the, the two sides of the coin there with, with these two songs. So, given that your Furion minion is currently, like, raising his weapon to battle when that's playing, I'm like, yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he kind of... He can probably tell. Hey, can we, uh... Can we get some levity up in here? Almost. It's a little it's bit. Almost, it's almost done. It's having almost too much done. fun. I know this is what you want. This is what everybody wants. This is the first iteration of the iconic theme for everybody's favorite lovable giant horsebird. My favorite song 
personally. It's it's one of the best tracks. And we have to play it again because it's too it, short. Yeah, it's it's literally that short. <laughs> it just re it, it only repeats the first part of it. So Randomware Studios, yep, first Chocobo theme, OG old school. It's it's only gotten better with age. Yep, and it, it is half the theme because it continues on. <laughs> Given that there's multiple arrangements played at distant worlds so that every audience has a slightly different experience because there's so many versions of Chocobo theme. Of what? The of yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 this is legitimately my favorite music for Final Fantasy. The Chocobo theme is just where it's at for me. Saiken Densetsu is the best Chocobo theme. <laughs> we don't listen to him anymore. He's, yeah. All right, Nick Nar, you are timed out and banned just in kidding. chat. Just kidding. No, I don't want to lean all the way over and click on things. That's the only thing saving you, so you know. So yeah, that's that's. I think a lot of people will agree that Chocobo music is best music. Again, we we talked about we've talked about it every time we talk about Chocobo music. It's why it's our opening theme. I mean, it's always been our opening theme. Even the the first iteration was a uh, um was um. A version of um, God, which one was it? Electric to Chocobo. I believe the surfer style one. And then we've got the Chocobo metal theme and then yeah. So Chocobo theme, best theme. Bar none. Yup, yup. Come at me, Moogle lovers. <laughs> I like both. How about that? There. Oh shit, we have sound effects. All right, this next theme. This is... Oh shit, this is the tower, isn't it? Tower of the Magi. Oh god. This is the background theme for the Mycidian Tower. And if you've played the uh, Soul of Rebirth version, yep. um, it plays in the Chamber of the Seal. Um, for the Game Boy Advance version, PlayStation Portable, or iOS versions. And it also plays on several floors of the Arcane Labyrinth in the PSP and iOS releases. This was a cool scene. I liked this part. Damn it, I'm gonna play two next week. You know that, right? <laughs> it's kind of an interesting sound. It's kind of got so that. I would like to point out that this was on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm -hmm. And they're creating music of this caliber and this quality. 8 -bit. With 8 bit. What is that? 64 available notes or something stupid like that? There's just nothing. And they just ran with it. Uematsu was. is a genius. I mean, because we can't deny the the quality of the man's work, so... Yeah, yeah, like five audio layers, Randomware. Also, Randomware, welcome to the chat. I haven't seen your name before. It's good to have you here. All right, so our next theme, you were talking a little bit about uh, the Dreadnought before. 
Oh, yes. This is my favorite part of the Dreadnought. Getting the hell out of there. Exactly. <laughs> this is escape. When you get the hell out of the Dreadnought, as Talus says. A little bit of urgency with that theme. Yeah. Also, in before it's a Square Enix airship, of course you have to escape. <laughs> <laughs> also, in before it's a Square Enix game, you were in jail at some point and had to escape. You were never in jail in Final Fantasy 1, though. Were you? Uh, well, let's see. I mean, there's the Marsh Cave. Like... <laughs> Marsh Cave was pretty bad. But that wasn't this is, you, it wasn't a prison, though. If you got lost, it kind of was. No, but I mean, like, actual jail. I mean, because I know Final no, Fantasy XII, no, you were no. in jail. Um, no. Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, Chrono Trigger. Well, in eight you get sent to the moon. In Chrono Trigger, you're in the airship thing. Nine, you were. I think you were imprisoned for a while. Oh, wait. Uh, you're imprisoned like a couple times in nine because like Steiner exists. Um, Six, you were imprisoned. That was a load-bearing boss. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's true. All right, so then we we go on to uh, some castle themes. This is the background theme for Finn Castle, Kashwan, and Daste Castle. This was one where these particular castles I've seen translated multiple ways, um, just because of their names being largely consonants. And like S H U A N is the one that we have on our notes for Kashwan. God no! Like there's no way to write that in Hiragana or Katakana consistently. So I've seen them all called different things. So ancient castle is a very good overarching theme to kind of give you an indication of what sort of castle you're in without necessarily making sure that all the names line up. Also, I'm linking to the Spotify playlist where I found all of these themes minus two. Um, and I'm also going to link to um, where I got a lot of the information about the songs. Uh, FinalFantasy.Fandom.com Their wiki page their wiki pages on the different uh, music themes has been very helpful. They are, so. and if you are curious in checking out the uh, the lyrics to the FF2 main theme slash uh, Promised Land, um, that is also a good resource to find those lyrics. Alright, so, once we go to in a lot of castles also have Dungeons. Another theatrhythm Final Fantasy des description of a, of, a, of a theme. This is the dungeon theme from Final Fantasy 2. You can practically feel the cold, damp air on your skin when you hear its high, ghoulish tunes and fear rises within. Well, who wrote this stuff? It's, it's I'm amazing. not sure, but I mean, was it Koji? Koji, did you write this? <laughs> Theater Rhythm is super, super fun. And if you haven't played it, you definitely should. There is a version on iOS and Android that has like five songs on it that's free. Um, mm. Try it out. It's neat. Um, but this plays at Semit Falls, Snow Cave, Diced Cavern, uh, Tropical Island, Cave of Mysidia, Leviathan, yep. Jade Passage, and the Unknown Cave. Yep. 
it's a good dungeon theme. It's it is you don't very need to have. I think that's most of the dungeons too. The game is very well put together. It's just nice to listen to. I mean, you you feel very dungeony right now. I feel like you're yeah. you know hopefully you've got a torch, and you're 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 kind of progressing along slowly because you don't want to get uh, um, attacked by skeletons or orcs or something like that. I mean, you got one hand on a wall. Somebody's got an arrow knocked, and they're one step behind you. And your yeah. mage is ready to cast fireball. I mean, it, it's it's a good dungeon theme. I mean, you, you could play this for a Dungeons and Dragons um, campaign. You could play this for, you know, it, it's just it's a it has that feeling. Considering my DM is literally sitting right next to me, I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good. We could use some FF music as, as some theme setting if we if we need to. Wouldn't it be awesome? He's thumbs upping me right now, right. so we in there. So we so we, we we got this going. Okay, oh, yeah. so you beat the emperor pretty early on in the game, I believe. Correct. Yes, he kind of does a Maester Seymour thing where you just completely kick his ass the first time you see him, and then he just doesn't go away for the rest of the game. But then, nope. Nope. <laughs> the Emperor returns as the Dark. Oh, wait, the the Dark Emperor. <laughs> you know I had to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I have too much fun with that. Yeah. Well, is his? Well, he's the Hell. Is it Hell Emperor or Dark Emperor? Well, this, this, this says Dark Emperor. Like I said, that, yeah, it's so. translation stuff. It doesn't really matter. But it the idea is that he has warriors, you know, was it Tale of the Warrior or something where it's like, oh, your ebony is defeated, but not really. It's like that's just part of how that story works. So he has to come back. And he does. And it sucks. All right, so and he has a cool theme music. He doesn't come back more than once. It's just the one time. He he shows up, kicks your butt and leaves, and then he shows up again and you beat him, and then he disappears for a while, and then he comes back as the Hell Emperor, and I think you fight him twice more, and then you get a final final battle with him. They didn't have as many like lieutenant general fights to like work up to fighting the final boss. You just fight the final boss a bunch of times. Okay, so you didn't have the, like the four fiends to fight, or no, um, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like the four fiends in uh, one, three, four, four yeah. six. Which, to be fair, like it's a you know, hey, there's four dungeons. They're all elemental themed. Like it, it works. It's a good structure. I mean, there's a. A section in, I think it's Saints Row Four. It's like, how long will it take? Two waves of SWAT guys. Oh, okay. Like, you know, like that's we know how long things take. It takes four dungeons, seven MacGuffins, and two waves of SWAT guys. And it's a, a partridge video game. in a pear tree. Yep. All right. So that we had one battle theme, but uh, there actually is another. This is used for major <laughs> boss battles. And the final boss. God, that part is just 
terrifying. <laughs> like, oh god, what am I about to fight? This is different. Why maybe, is his sprite bigger? Maybe you're fighting Behemoth. <laughs> he did 88 damage to Guy in one hit. Oh shit, I maybe, might have to do something. Maybe you're fighting one of the dragons. Maybe you're fighting a boss in Pandemonium. Because this is what we'll be playing during all of those fights. As well as, uh... The final boss fight against the Emperor. <laughs> like he's beating the hell out of you right there. There's rolling in in chat with the assist. In the remake, you get a bonus scenario with all the people you've died during the game wandering around some bits of the afterlife. You find that when the Emperor died and went to hell and took over, the bit of him that was good went to heaven and also took over. So you have to kick his butt, which is shown to happen at the same time the main party is kicking the butt of the Hell Emperor. Interesting. I love Square Enix's storytelling. It's just absolute chaos. And I know everybody that's watching us on twitch.tv slash Radio is just reading the chat, so that's fine. But for those of us who are on the podcast, I would definitely want to make sure that we get you all of the stuff that we have. Thank you. <laughs> the Emperor. Even his good side is kind of a dick. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> I love how much capitalization is in there. He's officially gotten that subtitle. <laughs> Even when he's taking the night off, he's still got to throw that uh, that uh, patented Sertimono shade out there. I'm super okay with that. I don't know what's going on in chat right now. There's stories to be told. All right. <laughs> Sarah's taking over chat is what's happening. I'm okay with this. But when you win. This is basically the same theme. What might change perfection? I mean, did they? I don't think they even moved it an octave. I think they left it exactly the same. I think it's almost 100% identical. I mean, they're committed to it, so, like, they just went, screw it, go all in on it. I think that, no, I know what the sound difference is. They're hitting chords instead of notes. Hmm? They got a little bit better at the technology? Yeah, they're hitting chords instead of notes. That's why it sounds so much better. But it's, it's still good. And then when you f complete the game... This is the ending theme. The finale. You kick everybody's ass. You, you, you make the Hell Emperor and go the hell away. Wait, wait for it. There's a whole second part that comes in for that finale sound, and it's just... They know that you've been playing for hours and days and weeks and they know that you've been sitting with a notebook on the floor to keep track of how many battles you have to do to get your shield skill high enough to not get hit ever again or at least be able to have enough HP to survive the encounter oh god double shielding is also super super fun uh put it on guy you just put shield shield and then he just doesn't fight for the first like five or six levels he gets to shield level eight you give him one shield and he just stands there with one shield and a fist and just crushes things it's really fun 
But like in finale, like you just everything you figured out, every skill, every spell, Leon's character arc, everything that's happened, you get to put the controller down and hear the music. And it's a nice little three minute ditty. For those long, long Square Enix credits in 1987, which was what, like 30 people? You know, compared to what we have, uh, or what was it, ARR had uh, the world record for the longest credits? Yep. Because I watched them too. It also included everybody who played and, and, uh, and was playing 1.0 at the end. Yep. You could submit your name and be a part of the credits. I know a couple of people who did that. One of them being a co-host who happens to not be here tonight. Mm. And well, a person who's been subscribed for 36 months. Yep. And not I think me. I was in. Yeah, I think I, I actually did eventually drop out of 1.0 because I was like, there's nothing to do. I'm busy. I'm getting divorced. I don't have time. So I just and, and left. Our, our, our number one uh, patron is in there. Ah, that is true. I gave up anyway. after three months. I, tr I, I, I I have special editions sitting down in my collection. It was just too bad. I could not play it. I was also at a very I, different time in my life where I was a, a lot I, busier and had other thing, other priorities. True enough. I played it a little bit, but again, I was like, well, I got to do other stuff. So I did other stuff. So that's what you get when you when you complete the game. But there's a few other places, too. You get this nice little waltz that's played during the ceremony at Finn Castle after the defeat of the Emperor at the Cyclone. A lot of the games have a, a, a waltz. I mean, Final Fantasy VIII has a waltz. So does Nine. Nine has a waltz. They're a little different in Nine. They kind of try to murder you, but, you know, whatever. Black waltz, yes. Exactly. Nine has many waltzes, actually, in that case. Yeah. Nine was also very heavily Europeanly influenced, so, like, yeah, there's a waltz. Then there is this little, uh, little tune. The Temptation of the Princess. And no, you're not the one tempting the princess, the princess is tempting you. The fake Princess Hilda attempts to seduce Furion. It's actually drawn from Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. Yep, and you can hear it. Anybody that's heard Swan Lake, even like colloquially, that is... You can hear the progression in there that they're definitely utilizing. Now, this is a tune that I'm sure you've heard quite frequently, Talas. Oh, yes, this is the Everybody's Dead song. That's always a good song to know. That also plays when a character such as Joseph or Minwoo dies. Joseph is actually the first on-screen Final Fantasy character death. Yep. Absolute first. He dies before Minwoo does. Um, but he is the first Final Fantasy... Right? 
Um, he's the first one that, that falls, protecting you. Before the kids from four, before everybody... Like, you've had to kill people before. Like, as protagonists, you've killed enemies. But, like, actual named, legit character that is related to the narrative, he was your first. And it doesn't go well for anybody. I know that uh, I think some of Maria's dialogue you can definitely tell for the next couple of scenes that she's in she's not okay. They changed a lot of her adjective usage, especially in the English version related to Joseph's scene. Even back then they were getting deep into the story. They know they knew they were good at telling stories. Did you play King's Knight? That game is terrible. That's why they don't make shooters anymore. Just kidding. You did a good job on King's Knight. I do own it. <laughs> Hashtag notice me, senpai. Hashtag notice me, senpai. I love you, Ian Show. That is how your favorite boy is doing. It is good to see you. Thank you for joining us. And then there is... The fanfare, they call it. But it's basically like the item get from... Yeah. Um, or treasure get from one. Yeah. It's the it's the it's treasure get. Like there's that's there's no better way to describe it. And then the final bit of music we've got. When you get a new character to play with. New party member. <laughs> the new party member is five levels higher than you and has equipment better than you will ever possibly buy. You can't steal their equipment. And they're only going to be with you for about 20 minutes. If you play slow, maybe 30. If you play smart, you grind while Minwoo's in your party so you don't get annihilated, but... I don't know, I wasn't smart. <laughs> <laughs> guy was dead a lot. I dragged him everywhere. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> Why do I feel like that's gonna end up on the board? So whenever we talk about a sad thing, that's just gonna happen. No, it's gonna be the one from one. <laughs> that's better. I like that. Whichever one makes you sadder, I think is gonna get it on there. Uh, the one from one because I've lost speed runs to that song. Well, it's so. also much, but it's also much longer. I mean, you don't have to put the whole bit on the board, right? right? That that's part. That, uh, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna go all the way in. Come on, whole ass the troll got it. <laughs> but very much like Final Fantasy, there are 23 tracks in this. Kind of interesting, don't you think? It's about them. I mean, there were supposed to be to... more, but they ended up being unused. And there was a couple of them that were actually uh, repurposed for other games. There's only so much space. I mean, that's. 99% of the reason why Final Fantasy exists in the form that it does is because we didn't have space. Yep. We need more enemies. We don't have space. Shit, what do we do? Make it a different the color. Iguana is, the iguana is blue now. It's an ice iguana. Figure it out. And the salamander is right. red. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then this one's green. The green one's poison. Yes. Well, the red we'll, one's we'll, fire, we'll I guess. We'll call it chameleon. <laughs> we'll figure it out later, 30 years later. Shit. Alright, we're gonna... <laughs> I guess we're just going to put stuff in here and it's going to work out. All right. So thank you, uh, Talas, for, um, for your knowledge in the game. 
So that way it, it's not just me playing, okay, so this plays here, this plays here. You actually were able to fill in a little bit, a lot of the blanks that I could not. It was a good story. It's a very, very good game. It's a long game if you don't understand the system, and the system is mostly janky beyond all reason. I highly recommend looking up a speed run. Don't necessarily play the speed run route to try to like get frame saving tricks and all that other nonsense. But at least look up the routing so that you kind of know, like, you don't need to be level 35 to do this. You just need to have this skill at this point so that you can use this to get through a fight. Go through that. Play through the game. There's amazing music. Context makes the music even better. The dialogue makes a lot of the music even better. Uh, There's a lot of versions of two. There's one on Game Boy Advance if you still have one. Uh, There's a digital version on the PlayStation Store that works on PSP or PS3. Um, There's an iOS version. There's an Android version. I think there's one on Steam. Like You have a lot of different outlets to play it. Definitely one of the top picks. Probably not the top pick, but like if you've got 30 hours to burn, because I don't know, 5.3 is not coming out till the end of July... This might be a good thing to spend a couple days on. Teleport, teleport, teleport. Yes, Nicknar. Teach your mage teleport. Beam everybody out of combat. That's a thing you can do. So last episode you had mentioned you were going to maybe try and work on something for this week. Were you able to do that? Oh, for the... Uh, uh, we were going to do a little bit of a prep table uh, situation. And unfortunately, I only got about halfway through it. Uh, So here are our choices. We either go full chop style, where I only have half of the stuff I need, and I have to make it work anyway. Or or, we just finish it and we do it on the next episode. Or we do it on the next episode. It's kind of up to you. I mean, we're sitting at uh, an hour 40. I think we're good. Okay, I'm I'm just saying. That's what I wanted to ask. I didn't see anything in the notes, so I just wanted to see. I I know you've been very busy driving to work and... uh, Yeah, five hours a day for commuting. Yeah. That was a long drive. So yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and save that for the next one. Okay, so it'll actually make more sense and I might even have like a shopping list. And then I think on the next episode, we're probably going to jump into Final Fantasy 3. So should I play Final Fantasy 3 this week instead of Final Fantasy 2? Well, have you played Final Fantasy 3? I played like half of it. So you're about at the same point that I am. I, I got through the first world and then I kind of uh, petered out on the second world because I ended up uh, loaning somebody my uh, my DS and then never got it back. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. I do have it on my um, on my Vita, and I think I have it somewhere else. I'll have to figure it out. Well, the music. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, like I said, my experience with it, the first North American experience with Final Fantasy three was the DS. If you wanted to play the OG version, you had to import it and play it on Famicom. Uh, Nick Dark, good luck casually beating it in a week. Yeah, I'm not sure how I'm going to pull that off. Uh, Randomware, DS or OG. I actually have it on Steam. That might be my plan. I also have it on my... uh, Which is uh, the DS version. Yeah, I also have it on my Kindle Fire. 
Like I said, I have it on my PlayStation, um, my Vita, and like I said, I used to own it on DS. Um, do I maybe have it on Steam? I don't remember. It's like ten bucks on Steam. It's like ten bucks on Amazon. I don't know. I have it on my. I have it installed on my Kindle Fire. So like that might be the way I do it. It is a fun game though. I did enjoy it. Yep, it's very good and. The the new the updated one where they actually named all the characters and we actually have like Lunith and Ark and Refia and Ingus is a little bit different than when we had Onion Knights, but it gives a little bit more depth and it makes the characters a bit more approachable. So it's one of those things that you have to look at and say, you know, the movie version's always different than the book. Well, sometimes you just have to let some stuff go. Well, we all all know that Lunith is best boy. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> So part of the reason why I chose his uh, character style for my Red Mage tattoo. Yeah. I'm down for that. So, no, I, I definitely liked uh, the, if you play the FFTCG at all, um, there's the four Warriors of Light is their job. All four kids are different elements. And so when you play all four colors, you get all of the synergy of them all working together because they all have effects of if you have another warrior of light and play fill in the blank for whatever cool thing you can do mm -hmm. so you get to play with all the kids or you get to use them in conjunction with other warriors of light from other games in their own colors so they all they get their own kind of unique building stories both within the remakes of her three but also in the other side pieces like FFTCG, like Dissidia, and like Theater Rhythm. Though a lot of games still represent Final Fantasy 3 with The Onion, Onion Knight. And they both work. And at some point, I if Dissidia didn't just completely fall flat on its face, I would have loved to have seen an Onion Knight and Lunith fight at some point. That would have been awesome. <laughs> All Who's right. the real main character? <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Well then, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating or review. It helps us to uh, know what you guys think of the show and helps us to grow in the community. And if you really dig this show, you can cons uh, consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio. Or you can uh, go out to patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio and support us out there like our amazing friend, Rory Fenrir. All those proceeds go towards growing the show, covering things like hosting costs, uh, improving the quality of our stream equipment, and uh, some other fun things that we can do in the future. Um, and just a little bit of a side note... We are 90 followers away from 1,000 on Twitch. Dang. So we're getting close. Dang. We're at 910 followers, 910. seriously? 910. Shit, alright. So, here is some homework for you guys. Tell a friend. <laughs> oh, God. Tell a friend about Phoenix Down Radio. Have them Klaus follow us. Says is trying to get us to do stuff. We're trying to get to a thousand followers so I can do, do a, an awesome giveaway, alright? I want to give you guys things. I want to give people things. 
So let's let's get to that point. When we get to a thousand, we'll announce a contest or we'll announce a giveaway or something. I, right. I still have three Phoenix Down keychains that I tried to give away in a contest that we got no entries on. Mmm, that's true. From our good friends over at Loot Cave. They're really Klaus cool will do a kicking... Ooh! 1,000. Uh, Klaus does a cooking stream at 1,000? You don't want to see my house. Okay. Palace does a cooking stream at 1,000. You need a... You need to get the, this, this stream key and a camera. Uh... Uh, let's cross that bridge 90 followers from now. <laughs> I've thought about it, um, but like I said, right now my house is not set up for doing um, BA-style cooking at home channel stuff. You show your house every stream, <laughs> says Ian Show. No, I don't. I have a green screen now. <laughs> Suck it. God <laughs> oh, damn it. All right. Um... All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll you cross know what that I bridge mean. when we get you there. You know what I mean. It would be very cool to do something like that, but um, it also would require me to do a lot of cleaning that I don't necessarily True. want to do. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think that's the biggest one right there. Fair enough. Anyway, um, but regardless of the support, any support you give us, whether it's likes, emails, tweets, and retweets, follows, subs, or whatever, it's always greatly appreciated because we love interacting with you guys as we just did here during this whole thing. So we just, lo we, we love talking with you guys. We love BSing with you guys. We love just the interaction. Um, you're the reason why we keep doing this. You know, we're four and we're getting damn close to five years. We're like that's four months away. Damn. We're like four months away. Oh, we gotta do something cool if, at our five-year mark. Well, then we're gonna have a five-year thing. Hell but I'm, yeah! I'm hoping we have a thousand-follower thing first. Let's do that. Let's let's try let's and get do a, both. Not at the same time, though. I don't want to do them at the same time. I want a five-year thing, or no, I want a, a thousand-follower thing, like in in, in like a, a few weeks, and then okay. I want uh, then I want a five-year thing after that. And we're gonna do some amazing stuff. Sweet, I like both of these. So if you want to check out our backlog of, of uh, podcasts as well as we have some other interesting content, you can go to our webpage, www.phoenixdownradio.com. Mm -hmm. I, I just changed the background image. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. I did. Also, I'm still very, very happy that it's now a secured website. Yep, it's, it's HTTPS now, so it's secure. But it also has now, I used a uh, Dissidia theme. So I've got good guys on one side, bad guys on the other. That's the one thing I love about the city is the fact that you could play as bad guys. Yeah, and they're fun, and they're hard. Yes. I mean, play as uh, play as oh Judge Gavin. My. God damn it! Oh, I actually wanted to hit. That's what she said. <laughs> Not better. <laughs> Um, but yeah, check anyway. out the website. It, I, I, I have did put a lot of work into it, and uh, want you guys to enjoy it. Um, you can email us questions, requests, um, things you want to hear uh, Sarah talk about in, as far as lore, things you want to have Talas uh, discuss when it comes to cooking in game. Uh, podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. 
Just harass them. Harass them always. Please. I mean, hi. You can also hit us up on Twitter at PHXDN Radio. And then, like I said, we if you're listening on the podcast, we invite you to join us live sometime at twitch.tv slash Radio. I was having a discussion earlier with Sarah. He's thinking about doing some streaming on the on the channel. Ooh. So look forward to that. Please look forward to it. As well as uh, all of our uh, uh, podcasts are out on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash Radio. So, Talas, do you have any shout-outs? I do. A uh, couple of bits. First of all, I want to shout-out a couple of people in the chat. Uh, there's some names that I don't recognize, so thank you guys for joining us. Uh, specifically, let's see, who do I not recognize? Drury Fairy, GNB Saito, Need Him, Ribot Size, and some jerk named Pinion Bot's been showing up for a while. Uh, but thank you guys <laughs> for joining us in chat. Um, it's awesome to have you here. Feel free to speak up and ask us questions. Uh, so thank you guys for that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Talis Marvelous. That's T-A-L-I-Z Marvelous. Uh, ask me questions about food from Final Fantasy XIV or Final Fantasy History. They're both things I really care about. The last thing I wanted to throw in before we go, and I'm going to throw the link in chat, uh, the JustGiving.com fundraiser for Black Lives Matter to Auk Morning. It's, like we said earlier, it's a Final Fantasy XIV adjacent group that's kind of gathering um, for people that really need it. If you donate 25 bucks or more, screenshot it, and I want you to DM me on Twitter, at Marvelous. first four people that do so get a coaster from Final Fantasy Eorzea Cafe Akihabara location. Nice. First four. If there's more than that, I will probably find something in my house Final Fantasy related and send it to you anyway. That's 25 bucks or more. Get those screenshots in. Well, thank you for doing that. It's greatly appreciated. Absolutely. He sent us coasters before he was a part of the show when he was uh, <laughs> there a couple of years ago. God, I've been I've been going so often I have a punch card and it's six thousand miles away. <laughs> but hey, I love it. That's cool. And yeah. I want to shout out my main man Talas. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Shout out to Sarah. I hope you are doing amazing. I hope you uh, are feeling better tonight. I hope that. Uh, Whatever is is ailing you is uh, able to be uh, that you're able to work through it. You know that we are friends, and uh, if you ever need anything, I am just a uh, a text or message away because you know we're here for each other. Uh, shout out to everybody joining us live. I really appreciate you guys stopping by. Like I said, I love seeing the interaction in the chat. Um, you know, playing off of that vibe. And we do invite you just to, to join us on some of our other streams. So if you're not following us, hit that follow button. And uh, you'll get notified when we go live next. Play a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. We do some Twitch sings. Um, if there's something you want to see us uh, you know, do on stream, let us know if you have any ideas for that. We're always looking at trying to uh, make changes or um, do do different things as well. And uh, just shout out to everybody out there who is still struggling. Know that, uh, you know, we're all in this together. 
um, whether you are a, uh, you know affected by the the uh, the whole Black Lives Matter, whether you're affected by the changes to trans rights, whether you are um, impacted by COVID, whether you know whatever the issue is, we are all one people. We are all family, and uh, remember, there's always somebody out there who loves you. Always. And you can you can hit me up on Twitter at phxdn underscore klauss. So, for my co-host uh, Talas, for our uh, awesome friend Sarah, who is uh, taking the night off from being live on the podcast, hope you're doing well. And uh, to everybody out there, I'm Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarLinker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at YouTube.com slash GuitarLinker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.